spelling out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. Broadcasting from the most famous small town in America, it's the podcast that pulls back the curtain on the natural products industry. This is episode 87, Scream Therapy. I'm here with Dana. Hello. How's how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> oh, you know, it's uh, it's an ordinary day yeah. here in Woodstock for me. How about you? Uh, yeah, same old crap. Just uh, get coming off of two days of solitude that I had hoped would be stress relieving, but it feels more like they were stress inducing. Uh, but mm. we'll get to that. Don't forget to check out our blog at woodstockvitamins.com. Soon it'll be moving. It looks really pretty. I can't wait to unleash it upon the world. But still, we're at Woodstock Vitamins. Give us five stars on your podcast platform of choice and tell all your buddies about me and the podcast. We're going to do a quick episode today. So like I said, I wanted this to be a week off. I uh, I wanted to just take a couple deep breaths <laughs> and not have to worry about, you know, like we, obviously you guys know how I feel. Like I didn't want my president tweeting his normal anti-democratic sentiments, you know, uh, losing sleep over him, encouraging fellow Americans to take up arms against each other. It's a nerve wracking thing. You know, Um, I feel like it's the Pepsi and the Mentos and somebody's just shaking the crap out of it. Right. (laughs) And and so like both groups that we have, if we're going to do the both sides nonsense, I believe that there is a clear cut example of folks just frothed to, a, a psychotic rage and they're not thinking for themselves. There's a lot of examples of mob mentality all across the yeah. board. And um, everybody believes that they're fighting for their lives and there could be an argument made in a number of different directions. But all of that, I say not to answer any questions, but to say it's stressful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, for sure. I remember like Aaron and I have been talking about this, you know, in 2001, we were obviously less uh, attentive to the political scene, but we were stressed when they made the decision to go to war in Iraq, right? And, you know, the, the, we felt obviously the, the 9-11 attacks, but in between, we weren't really paying attention, just the normal kind of political flow in this country, how, you know, it was just normal. And now it sucks. Everybody's just crazy about everything. So, you know, like, I didn't get that <laughs> breathe, that reprieve. And then I was like looking at the map <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh my goodness, you know, and this isn't just me who's a political nerd on top of being a science nerd uh, and supplement nerd. Uh, a lot of people that thought what was a fluke in 2016 doesn't really seem like much of a fluke anymore, but actually a reflection of who we are. And it's a, at least a reflection of where our heads are at, right? And yeah. so I see this big old map hoping to be less stressed than I'm not. And I believe that it's just a wall of misinformation. And misinformation is the fight of our lives, baby. It's This is it. Like, this is the one enemy that we really have in common if each generation has their, you know, villain, ours is misinformation. And yeah, for it, sure. It's evident in politics. Uh, but, you know, I try to keep us on the track of wellness and know that when I'm making these criticisms of politics, because everybody's so damn sensitive, um, <laughs> this is an advocacy. 
It's an advocacy for shared wellness. Okay. Uh, I'm using politics as an example, uh, because it's kind of clear cut, uh, where supplement analogies kind of, they kind of fall on deaf ears sometimes. So I just want to make sure that we understand that that's what this is. This is about our wellness and it's all the same pie. So conservative or liberal, red or blue, I am very worried about both the physical and mental health of America and most importantly, our susceptibility to the BS. (laughs) It seems like we are very susceptible. And so I want to be a guy to kind of call it all out and you know, mostly I want to call out our buy-in to the propaganda. That's what I do a lot when we talk about health and wellness is like the system's broken, but that's our choices, you know, that are are being reflected. Who we vote for, as I said in my rant, with our attention and our dollars matters because then that's who is in office. That's the choices that we have to uh, make. It's not a reflective of how we are today. It's a reflective of what we've done over a lifetime. So, I don't get a week off and neither do you. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to just speak to our continued anxiety, um, specifically our mental roadblocks and misinformation. So let's start the conversation with COVID just to keep it uh, consistent, at least. Minx, baby. Right? Minx. Minx. You haven't heard this. This is uh, something that I'm going to break some news for you. Uh, In Denmark, they found that COVID spread to minx and then spread back to humans uh, already created a mutated strain that was much more harmful to those humans. And Denmark is spending $800 million to kill 17 million different minks. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's like 1% of their GDP or something like that, I guess, or like some big chunk of their GDP is minks and, and that industry. And so that is two things frightening because of the mutation and the danger. And then two Bravo, right? Like that's a pretty hardcore, mm-hmm. both expense and like implementation. And they're doing it because no questions like this is a dangerous thing. We don't want this to get worse. The cost of $800 million may seem like a lot, but the imagine if a more serious strain started circulating, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, like this is, there's so much because on, you know, along with all that, these poor minks have to die. I mean, like if they have COVID, like, I don't know how it affects them. They they might get sick and die anyway, but that is tragic loss. And also, yeah, frightening that it would mutate and possibly spread to humans. Like there's just nothing good about that story, except that Denmark is taking the necessary steps to stop the spread. Yep. So that's something to keep your eye on. I know most of the articles that were reporting it were in uh, freaky deaky Dutch. So <laughs> we have to be careful of that, uh, you know, language barrier. It, it will not be incomprehensible because of the science, but because it's actually in a different language. So you're, you're not going crazy or you didn't have too many edibles for your, uh, v- you know, election night fun. So <laughs> just watch out well, for that. I got to tell you, I find, you know, because uh, English, maybe you don't know this, English is based on the same language as like Dutch and German and all that. They all came from like the Anglo-Saxon language mm-hmm. and we are not a romance language as many people think we are. We just ha- are heavily influenced by um, French and then secondarily by Latin. And I find it's actually kind of easy to, you know, like I, I can almost read German and Dutch, but some words are just completely different. So maybe try an edible 
and then try to read the Dutch and it might work out for you. Who's to say? (laughs) Well, we'll see. Uh, I know that English language sucks. I mean, that's pretty much it. It's very hard to teach. It's got a lot of inconsistencies. I would rather speak any other language. Um, (laughs) Uh, so the other COVID stuff, of course, the cases are surging and that's another like slap my, you know, forehead moment, you know, face palmer mm-hmm. that a lot of the parts of the country that have voted for more are the ones that are suffering right now. And my point there is that they never had to in the first place. It, you mm-hmm. know, we took it on the chin here, you know, our friends and family, colleagues that live in the city, we had this huge case fatality rate. Right. And and we took it on the chin and all everybody had to do is just put the mask on and move forward. But instead, divisive language, divisive rhetoric, this if economy or economy thing came up and and it's it sucks. And so that to me just stinks because we haven't even figured in voting and Halloween and how that's going to change the caseload, especially since it's so predominant in the community. Over one hundred thousand cases a day of what we're testing you know, so then we can assume 10x that, if not 12x that, based on our poor testing capacity. And, you know, we're now going into the holidays with higher cases. So it's going to get real, real ugly through the holidays. And uh, so after we get through this mental stuff around the election, I would guess, the goal is how do we help people deal with the mental stuff of COVID getting horrible for a bit? So, so let's move. Yeah, it's, it's just frustrating. So let's just move on, right? Let's just talk about the election and what I want to say about misinformation. So I guess we'll say this, like how impressive America, huh? Right. When, when we want to come out, we come out, uh, biggest election turnout in 120 years. Uh, Mm -hmm. Biden's current percentage is going to be like the highest percentage of the general American population ever, which is pretty nuts. People came out. And, you know, that's part of the problem that people liberal and conservative that are like me and they're looking at that map. uh, It wasn't a fluke, as I said, you know, it wasn't voting. That's not what was the problem in 2016. And some people could say, you know, the Electoral College kind of stinks, but the problem really wasn't the Electoral College. Um, It it seems that if you look at it, there's a 50-50 divide there, right? Yeah. And that's really problematic. So what is that divide? You know, I went to bed upset that night, like a lot of people, but I wasn't really upset about the election. By the time I went to bed, you know, I felt like it was going to go in my favor or whatever. I, I wasn't upset about that. I was upset about that wall of misinformation that I saw, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this is the analogy that I've been using, and I, this is what I want to share. So we're all at the beach. There's a bunch of us. Uh, we're on vacation, right? And we're in the house, and it's the morning. We're like, let's go to the beach, and I look outside, I'm like, hey, guys, it's raining. We can't go outside. And somebody at the vacation house is like, dude, it's sunny. The news just told us it's sunny, so we should go to the beach. It's not a problem. And I say, listen, I'm looking outside. It's raining buckets, right? And that's where we are. We have people that we, we're not staring at the same objective reality. Right. Yeah. And and the thing that was upsetting was that I felt like it wasn't just one dude at the beach, as I had predicted from, you know, the narrative I had told myself over four years. It was half the people that were on vacation with us felt that way. They'd rather listen to the news than they would to just look out the window and look at objective reality. And now here's the real problem 
is that in America with politics, the people that are the most likely to listen to the news over the objective reality believe that they're the ones that actually see the rain. So they, you know, the sun seer, the, the sunners are the sun folk. <laughs> Those are the ones that think that they're the rain seers, right? And so we yeah. have not only this disagreement on objective reality, we have a disagreement about which reality is reality. <laughs> and yeah. that is a very, very, very difficult, um, I guess, uh, hurdle to go over, right? And I speak to this wall of misinformation because like with wellness, I believe that everyone's an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> I say this often, like conventional practitioners versus wellness gurus, you know, we can see flaws in those more extremist belief systems, right? We see that there's a mob mentality and we see that people are ignoring some very important realities, right? A doctor can whine all day about supplements not working but how are you going to deny the data that I can put forth to him and say, well, look at these particular supplements and how they're made. And, and how can you deny that that's helpful? Right. And then a mm -hmm. naturopath can be like, those bone medicines are toxic. Right. But we can clearly see that they have a huge benefit. They don't really have those side effects like they're saying they do. And we can see that they're appropriate for people in lots of situations. Right. And I actually, you know, when I was building that analogy in my head, I think that it's more apt than I thought because the approach for one of them is just dismissive. Oh, supplements don't work. But then the other one is inflammatory, right? The medicines are toxic, right? And so if you hear that medicines are toxic enough, you're going to incorporate that into your belief system. And again, I believe, like I said in my rant last time, that with supplements and with politics, that there is a poisoning of almost every touch point to shift your mindset away from objective realities into a belief system that isn't real. Okay. And that's important for us because, you know, if we look at this from a mental health perspective, that's where a lot of people suffer from anxiety and from depression from. They're projecting a reality that isn't real. Their, their story that they're telling about themselves, about the world is different than the reality. And the reality isn't a bad thing. It's probably fine. It's just that we have this gap between those two things, and that's what causes the suffering that we endure. And so that can happen with mental health, but it can also happen with politics and how we care for ourselves and all of that. So I'm in bed wrestling with this on election night. I get like freaking three hours of sleep, right? <laughs> and I come up with basically this conclusion, right? There's a path that is now in front of us, knowing that 2016 wasn't a fluke, but instead of reflection, right? And now we know conclusively that that was the case. And we see that there's a big divide between who sees the rain and who sees the sun, right? And why are we not arguing about the best umbrella to use or whether or not we should even go to the beach, but instead arguing about whether or not it's raining, right? So for me, I see a path too. It's like, do Americans who are obviously my potential customers, do they want facts about supplements and the misinformation or do they just want to be marketed to? Um, you know, how much hard is it for me to be like, I'm going to be the voice of reason. I'm going to try to address the BS and, you know, still try to get people to use supplements because they think they help. But I could also just gain everybody's trust and then be a dirtbag like everybody else, right? I can tell that same old story, right? 
And mm. so I look at that and I go, Jesus, like that's, is that the, re- is that how I can handle this? Um, and so as a consumer, I think that you have a path and there's actually two, two different paths, right? So, or two different considerations, not paths. Like, so first, when you look at that wall, no matter where you sit on that spectrum and you see the opposition, do you believe that people are able to be saved? Do you think that, you know, like the past four years, we were shocked in 2016, right? Family members, friends taking extremist views based on something that we're like, what are you talking about? Right. And some of us have tried peaceful engagement. I know Dana follows me pretty closely on Facebook and I'm trying to be the, the, the voice of reason, as I said, right. We're sharing information, yeah. doing the gentle debunking, right. But does it matter? <laughs> like I, I'm trying <laughs> and does it really matter? And, uh, and so, so the question is, is like, are, do you feel that, and this is the first place that people have to come to is like, do you feel that you are going to be able to help other people? And I think that's an important thing to consider because it'll play into what we say later, but that's mm-hmm. a big kind of, it's a big decision that's in front of all of us. Yeah. So then the second path, and you know, we could talk about lots of different things, but I think the best representation of what the path is that's in front of everybody is just, am I full of i think that's the best way to look at it right the the informational like the digital information age i guess because the information age was before but like the digital information age it's led to this concept of wokeness i talk about that last week i talked about it in my blog extensively right i've got the facts i see that it's raining i see that this whole vacation is ruined the whole system's broken right you using this cliche doesn't represent wokeness because you say that and then you're engaging with lies, right? And we have to stop this like this idea of opinion and if it's not fact-based, it's a lie. Period, right? And so understanding the medium is to blame is like 30% of it, but then 50% of it is a constant introspection. Am I still a pawn in the system? Am I being a hypocrite? Am I full of crap? Right? And the so if you're doing math at home, that's 80%. So there's still a piece that's left here. And I think that the last part here is, you know, it's a refined process over time, but it's establishing some sort of standards for yourself. So let's go back to wellness for this example. I don't trust the CDC because they're a part of this big corrupt system. How many times have we heard that since COVID started? Right. And Mm. listen, I'm your guy. If you're in the camp that I don't trust the CDC because it's a part of this big corrupt system. Cool right? That's your opinion. And, you know, personally, I respectfully disagree with that, right? But I'll still be encouraging to you, right? So if you feel there's enough evidence objectively, because the truth is both of us can look and see that it's raining. Both of us can look and see how the CDC has been used as a political tool, clearly with COVID, right? And we can say that big, we can say small groups are corrupt, right? So I, you and I will come to the same place. I can get down with what you're saying. I don't agree, but we can get down with it. But I'm going to then look at you and say, are you full of crap, right? Because you are listening to some dude with a YouTube channel, like he's the freaking next uh, Christ, <laughs> uh, next infectious disease Christ figure, right? And I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're saying that the CDC is this horrible organization because of the corruptness, but you're not even taking the time to see what kind of credentials these thought leaders, if you're going to call them influencers, actually have, 
right? So mm-hmm. I see an incongruence. I see that we have no standards. And so I called them before trust standards on the show. I've called them, and in my blogs, I've, I've, I've said, what is the, the rules of engagement, right? I want this brand because it's quality. Well, what does that mean, right? Does that mean that you feel good about the marketing that they tell you, or are you looking at specific endpoints? And if you're going to get that information for, on all of those endpoints, are you applying that same standard to that other brand that you're buying uh, of supplements, right? And so- if you say, I don't trust these institutions because of X, Y, or Z, that's fine by me, right? But wouldn't you then apply X, Y, and Z to other individuals and institutions, right? And that's why I think that we have so much work to do, is that I think that everybody's full of crap. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 totally, <laughs> I totally get that. That makes me think of this other podcast that I was listening to a couple of weeks ago, and the host was interviewing an expat living in London. And she was like, things are marginally better here because there's still some semblance of consequences. And there are just no consequences in America. If you spread that kind of misinformation, you know, likely you're not going to be prosecuted or even lambasted for it. People just, you know, like you're just still part of the conversation. You just might have less credibility. And that is a huge problem. Right. And the credibility conversation, it doesn't matter if you have less credibility with me, for example, because the tribe that you're speaking to, you have all the credibility. And because of the digital information age, we can have these pockets of tribes that go all in for these kinds of folks. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the, the, the decision that's in front of you is the, is to really question yourself and say, listen, am I being hypocritical here? And in order to, to not be, to be truly like aware or woke, if we're going to use the the vernacular of today, we got to, we got to institute this idea of understanding what's the objective reality, spend a bunch of time making sure that we're not a part of that and then calling ourselves out if we are, and then establishing some sort of standards for future engagement. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we have all this work that we have to do as individuals and so if I can help people in their own lives, you know, the thing that you have to understand is like, that's the only one that you can change. So I asked you, you know, can you change your neighbor's mind about this stuff? Can you encourage that? And, and you really can't. You, you, can, mm-hmm. you can try to change people's perspectives, but really what I want you to do is focus on your own perspective. I want to give people as much objective truth as I can when it comes to supplements and then help them build a system of standards that they can look for and apply for themselves and the brands they trust, the products they use, and which advice they accept and which ones they ignore, right? And then so if you have these changes within one area of your life, I believe that that actually serves as a template, right? So if you can say, for my wellness, I'm not going to be full of crap like we see that's going on. I'm not going to say it's sunny when it's raining. I'm going to look at, try to look at the objective truth. I'm going to have somebody that is a part of my team that can help me with that. And then I'm kind of constantly questioned not only myself, but then that other person or those other people based on a set of standards, right? So I can help people kind of build that and then they can check me and make sure that I'm not BSing, right? And mm. so, you know, I think go back to my whole thing. Like, should I sell out or not? Right. <laughs> should I become the monster that I'm trying to fight? <laughs> of course not. I'm not going to do that. But like, I also need to recognize that I personally have an ideal client. I can't change the folks that are in wherever USA that believe that it's 
sunny when it's raining. I, I can't change the people that want to buy their supplements off of QVC or from a pyramid scheme or whatever, right? Or they prefer to buy a pallet full of supplements from Costco, right? Yeah. I can't convince those kinds of people. But there are people that are trying to recognize the objective reality is that all of these systems are corrupt and the path to wellness is to kind of clear the table and get, get real, you know? Um, you know, so I'm putting that info out there and some people is going to, some people will pick it up, but, uh, those people of course are going to be my focus. So, you know, we have to get our houses in order and that's really what I'm trying to say. So my model for true holistic care, we've talked about it a bunch, the wellness pyramid. That's why we focus on clarity as first step, right? We don't talk about what supplement to take. We say, where are you? Right. So you, you can tell me that you eat healthy because that everybody does. I do a consult. Oh, I eat healthy. And then I get to the <laughs> truth and I have to like pull teeth, but I eventually get to it. Right. And I say, you're kind of being full of crap. Right. So I'm not judging you for saying that you're eating junk food. I eat junk food all the time. I'm just saying, like, just tell me that you eat junk food so we know where you are, what our objective reality is and how we can accomplish the goals. How do we get to the beach? Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of choices that we make and it's reflective of the story that we tell ourselves about the life that we're living. And we really need that clarity to move ahead uh, as it pertains to mental and physical wellness. So, so this is for everybody who believes that they're rain seers, right? All you folk that see the rain, we have to remember that seeing reality is just a part of it. Uh, it's really about being honest with our own hypocrisies, which we're all going to have and then developing those consistent standards for ourselves. So we have to build a model. We have to build a strategy. And if we do that, that's the path. That's why those gimmicks and trends don't work, right? It's because yeah. they're just selling you a product. They're selling you the story. They're not giving you the clarity to really do it correctly. So, um, And that's not just individually, of course, then that's a community, right? Because if you're doing it, then the people in your immediate circle are doing it and you can maybe be infectious in your responsibility. So it's so funny. Basically what you're asking is for people to be just like really mature because like I, I was thinking about when I was younger and starting to get into my later twenties and then early thirties, I sort of just came to realizations about myself. And I thought that that was just the process of growing up, that we eventually got to an age where we stopped lying to ourselves about who we really are. And I have found that that is not really the case because like, even with some of my close friends who I thought I could just be real with and, you know, for example, like they start talking about weight issues and I just start commenting because I see exactly what they're talking about, but then they turn around and get insulted. And I'm like, well, I, yeah. you know, we're, I thought we were adults and we weren't kidding ourselves. It's a very tricky thing for people to, you know, they, they can talk a good game, but when what they actually believe is another thing. And I think it's like, it's very important to, you know, to, to do what you're asking, you know, to be that kind of mature person and really stop lying to yourself about who you really are. But it is harder than people would think. And if it's something that you try to do after, say, you know, like listening to this podcast, be like, yeah, let me really take stock of myself. It could be quite an eye opener to realize that you're not exactly the person you thought you were. And I'd be interested for like listener feedback, you know, in a, another couple of weeks or so. Totally. I mean, it pays dividends first and foremost, like you can't really solve many of your problems until you have a clearer view of reality. 
Um, and when we talk about mental health problems in this country, that's what we're saying is that there's a lot of people that are buying a mythology, uh, mythology about America. We're number one, right? Yeah, that's not really true. And a mythology about ourselves, our families, our beliefs, who we are. We'll tell ourselves we're good people and then crap on other people. And there's a quote that my friend said the other day before the election that I wanted to steal and kind of use here is that, you know, if your idea leaves people behind, the idea isn't big enough. And that sentiment takes maturity. It takes the idea that sometimes it's not going to be good for me. And again, our culture is built on all of these problematic things, the selfishness, the, the, you know, what's in it for me mentality, the mythology. Mm -hmm. And it's also built around immaturity. And I called this, this is exactly what I said in the blog is that you're not mature enough for this. Right. And, uh, when, it, when it comes to this, you're not mature enough to handle the misinformation that comes at you, uh, and, and to be able to like, say, I've got to process this better. And so you're right. 100% you're right. You have to be much more mature and engage with this, uh, better. So, um, so wrapping on that, I just want to say that my second thought for the day then just because it actually looks like we're having a normal timed podcast here. Uh, <laughs> my second thought is the subject of the article that I wrote in a freaking haze after three hours of sleep. It was called, it's probably not going to happen. So just let it go. Mm. <laughs> so, so, Oh God, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it with this election. My wife did it. My friends did it. We said to ourselves, once this election is over, then I can stop with social media. I can stop doom scrolling. I can stop worrying. Right. And then it didn't happen. And then how do we feel, Dana? How do you feel? How did you feel on the night of election night? Oh, uh, probably like so many things were looking good at first. And then by the time I went to bed, everything had flipped because the in-person votes are counted first and the mail-in ballots come second. And I knew that I knew that there was still more counting to be done, but looking at such a red map, I was real. I was so uh, disappointed in the country and I went to bed pissed off and I had some really violent dreams. Like I don't <laughs> sleep well as it is. Right. Um, my dreams tend to be like, okay to nightmarish, but I was like in my dream, Every person who disagreed with me, like just head bashed on whatever surface was closest to us. And when I woke up, I was like, I was even surprised at myself. I was like, geez, I, all right, take it down a notch there, Dana. Right. So that's the long way of saying worse. <laughs> you, you probably felt a lot worse uh, than, than before. And, you know, it's kind of funny because you say that like in dreams, I have a special individual in my life. And every time I would dream about them, I would grab their face and try to like squish it. And my friend's like, yeah, you're trying to change that person. Like you're trying to change them. They're not listening. So you're physically trying to like just wring it out of them. And I'm like, that's exactly. really kind of crazy. Right. So, but, but I did grab my phone immediately as I woke up and saw that the map had flipped again. Yeah. So then I was feeling better. Although I really am heartbroken about the Senate races. Like what is going on in Kentucky? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> there's, there's a lot to unpack with all of that election stuff, but I think, I think it's important to remember, like, this is actually very, like, kind of poignant, right? The, we, we make plans, right? And when we make plans, this is what it normally sounds like. It's not very complicated. We normally are like, if this happens, 
then I'll do this. And if it doesn't happen, I'll do that. And if that happens, I'll do this. So it's the idea once Trump wins and I can get back to normal and I can just like not pay attention to any of this stuff, right? Once COVID's over, I'm going to start a diet. Once I have more money, I'll be happier, right? And and like, it wasn't until you saw those different election results that you could be happier, that you could be de-stressed. And what's happening here is a very important mental health issue. We're delaying our lives on contingencies that we're just making up. Yeah. We've made our oh, health- so and, true. Right? We've, we've made our health and happiness dependent upon something that is outside our control. We're telling the story of our lives. This is what my future plans are going to be. And we're not putting in stops along the way. Once this, then this, then this, right? We're putting in freaking roadblocks or toll booths, as I said in the article. I even made a, a Blazing Saddles reference. Go back and get a crap load of dimes, right? Like that whole thing, right? <laughs> but then I said, more aptly put, these aren't roadblocks or toll booths. These are black holes, right? We're waiting for an election to stop doom scrolling, right? We're waiting for COVID to be over to be healthier. Here's one that robs my life, okay, that I'll share with everybody. I'm stressed out about pharmacy business because I'm in America <laughs> and the medical system needs to get bulldozed, but that's another conversation, right? But it consumes my thoughts while I'm at home, especially when I was younger, when my kids were younger. 10 years ago, I'd be sitting there with three beautiful babies running around and I'd be thinking about the pharmacy, right? So I've missed out on so much engagement with my kids, right? And that's not my pharmacy's fault. It's not the medical industry's fault. That's my fault. That's my decision. So whatever it is that you're waiting for, it's probably not going to happen. So it's time to let it freaking go. This election isn't going to be decided by the end of the day today. Actually, I was looking at it probably will be, uh, but the, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. And even when that happens, we still have stuff that has to happen too, right? <laughs> like there's other stuff. So if we keep delaying, if we keep putting up these roadblocks that don't even exist, we're going to miss out. So it's time to let it all go. So multiple deep breaths, people, right? The four, two, six in four, hold it for two, breathe out six. That's a really great mechanism to, to in, like implement your parasympathetic system, right? And, and get yourself really calm. So lots of deep breaths, right? And then tear down these- I actually these... was doing that Tuesday night. <laughs> like you're like grabbing your, your sofa and just like ripping it apart. I had to shut down my, we were, we were like visiting with friends from Chicago over Zoom and like we were doing our thing and like we were going to play board games. But as soon as it showed up as 2016 vibes and like, you know, my chat text groups that I have all over the place, right? As soon as I, it's getting those vibes, I like shut it down. I just couldn't do it anymore. And then I started stress eating because that's what I do. And it was, it was just a mess, right? And again, that was a choice. <laughs> that was a complete <laughs> choice. And so deep breaths, take down these obstacles, and then start making responsible health and wellness-related decisions. And, and that's really the thesis here, folks. I believe with politics, we need politics of responsibility, where we're looking at the objective data. We're getting some perspective outside of our American bubbles, out of our racial and gender bubbles, right? Our financial bubbles. What's going on with other people? Is the idea big enough or is it leaving people behind, right? And be more responsible and hold people accountable to their nonsense. And, you know, here's a great example. I'm sure you saw, I did my 10 or 12 reasons why I'm voting the way that I'm voting this election. And I, called out things that people associate with the opposition, right? I said, should we associate guns with our red state folks, right? So my, my uh, friend in Oklahoma that loves guns, should 
he own that? Or is that something that I could say I'm cool with, right? And so the labels. So that's irresponsible to label people or to assign beliefs to a certain group. That's not cool. Like we're all okay with most stuff. We agree on 95% of things, right? Big pharma, is it the devil, right? Or are there things there that could benefit you? When we say natural products are safer, do we have the data to back that up? Or are we engaging irresponsibly in this conversation, right? So remember, 95% of us want to be healthy and happy, right? That's what we want. And Mm. so there are different paths to get that way. But throwing labels, big pharma, supplements, natural products, that doesn't help anybody, right? And that's an irresponsible way to engage with it. I want to go to the beach too, but not when it's raining, right? And Mm. so so that's my like ending thought here on this podcast. And I just hope that we understand that we have a lot of growth internally, individually, as a country. uh, And the only way that we can move on from here where that map changes to, to just be representative of a shared belief in our future instead of the divisive wall of misinformation that I believe it is, it's going to take engaging more responsibly, you know? Totally. So that's the end. I've decided that I'm not going to do the jokes anymore. (laughs) I don't find, I I don't find them funny. Right. And I, I did recently go to the doctor and he said that I suffered from an irony deficiency. So I don't know if that's the situation or not. <laughs> okay. Uh, you got it. So I'm, I, I played you like a fiddle. I am so gullible. <laughs> that's the third time. The third really time. Is. Three jokes. I lined her up, knocked her down. Irony deficiency, folks. That's pretty funny. It's a good dad joke too. So. Zing. All right. So till next time, be well, people. Take a deep breath and engage more responsibly. 